And we always preach this passage of Scripture right around the holidays or right around uh, right around other times of the year. But it just stuck out to me. I was reading this yesterday, and it says, And it came to pass that when Elizabeth heard the salutation of Mary, the babe leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Ghost. I'm going to read it again. It's just so good. I like it. And it came to pass that when Elizabeth heard the salutation or the greeting of Mary, the babe leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Ghost. And the 36 verses, And behold, thy cousin Elizabeth hath conceived in her old age, and this is the sixth month when her who was called barren. And you can be seated. We... We usually preach this passage of scripture during Christmas time. But there's a message for us here today in this text. So how many knows what happens every four years? It's a leap year. Leap year only happens every four years. Every four years, it's called a leap year. February 29th comes around every four years, and it's called leap day. It's a day that is added to the calendar in a leap year to be consecutive measure because the earth doesn't orbit the sun exactly 365 days. So it's always thrown off by an increment of time. So they add this in to try and fix the calendar. And every four years, the calendar must take a leap in effort to correct itself. The sun's rotation. During the leap year, it suggests that something must be added because something is missing. It's, it's a leap year. It's, it's, there's something missing out of the formula that has to be added back in. Anybody ever feel like something's missing out of your formula? Oh, come on, somebody. And... Every four years, they add, they add a day in to try to bring the cycle back correctly. And, you know, I had a friend of mine that was born on February the 29th. He got, you know, we always teased him, you know, when his birthday came around, he was like, you know, you only get to celebrate your birthday every four years. So, you know, you're only like, you know, eight years old while the rest of you are grown on you. <laughs> and, uh, but it's something that needs to be added. Every four years, the calendar must reset, has something added to it out of the normal has to take place. When we consider the word leap, it expresses joy to jump out or to jump of something of great expectation. And see, it says, and it came to pass when Elizabeth heard the salutation of Mary that John leaped in her womb because something was getting ready to be added. See, I, I remember growing up playing the game Leapfrog. Anybody ever play Leapfrog as a child? Two people. Man, you all had sheltered childhoods. So who can I pick on? Cody and Tony. Actually, I can pick. Come on up here, fellas. Come on. Come on. See, did you all ever play Leapfrog when you was a kid? And see, the premise of leapfrog 
an obstacle in your way. I wish, excuse me right now. You always had an obstacle in your way. Well, you got to lean over, boy. The boy can't, he's not. You see, as long as you were behind the obstacle, you were running behind something. You weren't winning the game. But the moment you leaped over, moment you leaped over, you became the obstacle for who, yeah, for who was there. <laughs> Why don't you all go down there by them trees and just keep leapfrogging across here, boys? Because the premise of the game is as long, well, come on, fellas, as long as you have an obstacle in your way, you never were winning. But the more you jumped over the obstacles in your way, you leaped over the situation. You leaped over the battle. You leaped over the storm. And you became the thank you, fellas. Y'all getting rough now. Y'all were playing street leapfrog. <laughs> but see, if you were the guy that was behind the one in front of you, you always had an obstacle in your way. How many's ever felt like you are constantly having something in front of you and you're wondering, how am I going to get there? How am I going to leap forward? Well, I come to tell you, this is your leap year. See, it, it's, the year 2000 was a leap century. How I many everybody was worried about Y2K, it's coming? Well, it was a leap century. It put things into motion, and we've seen great revivals come out of that because people begin to leap over the obstacles in their way, whether it was physically, financially, emotionally, spiritually. How many needs to leap over some things this morning? Oh, if you love the Lord, give him some praise. It's a leap. See, we came into a leap century. We won't have another leap century in our lifetimes. It's another 400 years before there'll be a leap century. But see, it set us up for something, to walk into the greatest move of God. We've heard it preached for years. There's a move around the corner. We've leaped into a century that God has put the church in place for. We've, we're into a leap year now where you know, we see battles on every end, sicknesses rising, the government's all upside down, everything's crazy, finances are, 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 are crazy, the housing market's ridiculous. We see all of these things, but to me it's just an obstacle for us to leap over. See, it's our, our, our leap year. See, if you look at this passage of Scripture, we find that Gabriel had visited Mary and said, Thou art highly favored among all women. You're going to bring forth a child, and his name shall be called Emmanuel, God with us. But, in verse 36 it says that, the, that your cousin Elizabeth is going to be uh, having a child as well. She's the one who's called barren. Anybody have some barren places in your life? Or it feels like there's some barren areas in your life? And it says that he told her, he gave her an invitation. I want you to go see Mary. Because when God puts things into motion in your life, 
He'll cause you to leap over things that, are, that seem barren in your life. It says that when Mary came in and greeted upon the salutation from Mary that the baby leaped in her womb and was filled with the Holy Spirit. And not just John, but Elizabeth was filled also. Because when you leap over the obstacles in your life, when you leap over the storms in your life, when God adds something to you, oh, I wish you could when God adds something to your life, it's not just going to take effect for you. It's going to take effect for those around you. Oh, that's a good opportunity to praise the Lord right there. See, it's one thing for, it's one thing for, Rose, how many grandchildren do you have? Six. So, it's one thing for, for you to have children, mm-hmm. but see, you've leaped to grandchildren. Uh-huh. One day, they're going to have children, you're going to have great-grandchildren. All right. And if the Lord tarries and doesn't take you home, uh-huh. and they have children, you're going to have great-great-grandchildren. Amen. How many knows people that have great-great-grandchildren? Yeah. I do. And see, you're leaping over things that people said couldn't happen in your life. See, some of us need to leap over the generational curses that the enemy has placed in, our, in front of us. Like the game of leapfrog. We always feel like there's an obstacle in the way. But when we begin to leap over and realize I can leap over a wall and I can run through a tree. When we... Take the word of God like Ron was singing. I thank God for the lighthouse. To me, the lighthouse is that word. And it it saves me for the things. It it shines where I need to leap and where I need to step. And it says that that when Mary came in and greeted Elizabeth, that the baby leaped for joy in her womb. Mary had in no doubt had knew how long that Elizabeth had wanted a child. Mary had probably heard in conversations how long that they had been without, how long they had tried, how long, and she had realized that in her life, I'm, I'm, I'm barren. I'm the one called barren. But what was happening for Mary was happening for Elizabeth. And see, when when Mary arrived and greeted Elizabeth and the baby leaped, it leaped because something was getting ready to happen because he was the forerunner of the the Christ. He was the forerunner of the one. He was the one standing there that when Jesus comes to be baptized, he's the one that Jesus leaps over because he said everything, all the law and the prophets hung on John. But John's age was coming to an end because the Messiah was leaping over into the next obstacle. Then it says that Jesus was taken into the wilderness and tempted. He leaped again. He leaped again so that we can continue to leap for joy. So that we can continue to leap through the battles. So we can continue to leap for victory. Mary knew how long Elizabeth had waited and prayed but declared but decided 
that it just wasn't her time. How many has ever felt like it wasn't your time? See, Elizabeth, Elizabeth was aged, but it made no difference to God. She was barren, but that made no difference to God. Her husband didn't believe. That still made no difference to God. God took her barrenness and turned it into a blessing. He saw her emptiness, heard her prayers, and filled her emptiness with new life. See, we are stunted by the fact that we don't actually believe. Some of us are still like her husband. God tells you you're victorious, but we don't believe it. God tells us we're overcomers. We don't believe it. God tells us we're healed. We don't believe it. God tells us that this, this church, how many words of prophecy have we gotten over this building? That the, car, that the parking lot will not hold the crowd. That, we, that visions have seen the roof being peeled back and the power of God coming in like a grain, granary being filled. But we still don't believe it. If that was the case, if we, well, preacher, I believe it. Do we really? If we believed it, we wouldn't. You know, uh, I had a conversation with a preacher friend of mine. And I'm going to say something that probably is not popular, and it's probably why I don't get to, a, a lot of invitations to preach some places, is because uh, we say we don't have respect or person, but we do. We say we don't, but we do. I had this conversation with my wife yesterday, and she goes, well, I said, no, stop and think about it. I'll give you an example. Let's say Sister Rose or Brother Regis or myself or Brother Rob or, or uh, Brother Boyce, e even Brother Gene, some of the elders in the church, let's say we were having a revival, but R.W. Shambach was across town. Who do you think is going to have the crowd? See y'all grinning and... Uh, no. who, who do you think? Because we would have people that come here that wouldn't be here because they would be there because we have respect or person. We act like we don't, but we do. That's what holds us back. You know, I, I, I've, I watched a young Baptist preacher that's probably in his 30s. He's had a vision of doing something for God. And he borrowed a tent from a man and put it up on the side of the road in North Carolina. And he just wanted to have a three or four day meeting. Well, that three or four day meeting turned into two and a half months. Every church came together. Didn't matter if it was Baptist, Methodist, Presbyterian, Pentecostal. Didn't matter. Didn't matter that, that they even had, a, a, they even had a Episcopalians there. They had Lutherans there. They all came together with no respect or person. They came to worship God. People were coming in and they, they, were, they had one of the old, and I loved it because all across the tent they had those old-fashioned altars that you would see in the old brush harbor meetings and people were writing their names on I got saved tonight I got healed tonight I got delivered tonight and, and it became such a phenomenon that the news was covering it it was shutting down the interstate people couldn't get to and from on the interstate it, it, it sparked a worldwide movement every year they put a tent up there every year the tent they started out with was 100 by 100 by 200 the tent now they've got is 180 by 290 and they're still filling it because they're not showing respect to person. They're coming together to win the world for Jesus. 
They figured out how to leap over the obstacle, Sister Rose. That they, they found out how to leap over church doctrine. They found out how to leap over church the name over the sign on the building. They found out how to leap over one another's egos. They found out how to leap over one another's uh, platitudes. They found out how to leap over one another's prejudice over a woman preacher, a male preacher, a white preacher, a black preacher, Hispanic preacher. Didn't matter to them. They came with one common goal to see the world change for the gospel they embrace a leap year and watched it happen why don't we embrace a leap year in our lives we don't have to wait every four years today could be your leap year today could be your leap moment today could be the leap the, the, the leap opportunity for your family physically spiritually financially emotionally it could be the leap year for this church if we would just realize We've got an assignment from heaven. Doesn't matter who's in the pulpit. Doesn't matter who's here, who's not here. We have come to change a community and change a world. I'm waiting for the moment that we realize that some of us have been in Elizabeth for long enough. And he's come in and it's getting ready to leap in our bellies again. There are two women who are expecting coming together, not just a meeting to talk about babies. Not a meeting to talk about how the baby, how the baby kicks for her and how the baby kicks for her. Not a meeting to come together and discuss the issues of pregnancy or morning sickness or all the things that go along with being pregnant. It was more than a meeting to talk about cravings and, and things that they were going through. It was more of just a normal meeting. It was a divine prophetic meeting of the Holy Spirit. Mary and Elizabeth came together for fellowship and comfort. And, and we see that Jesus and John met even before they were born. And John leaped in the womb. This meeting was God ordained because the Gabriel said, I want you to go and visit Elizabeth. There was an invitation to set up the, the greatest leapfrog game of, of, that we're ever going to see. See, why don't we let God strategically place people in our lives? Ever met someone, but it would be years later before you became friends? Anybody ever been there? You, you I, I remember meeting pastor years ago I'm talking years ago I remember meeting him I was that tall Brother Hall was down in Somerset, Kentucky preaching at a revival and they got pastor up to testify he was a lot younger a lot darker hair then had that mustache had that suit on still had that gravelly voice but I remember because it was the night that my brother had broken his foot in five places. And we came there, and Brother Hall called him out. And he threw his crutches down and ran around the building. And I remember because Brother Hall gave him a word. He said, son, years after your parents are gone and in the grave, 
and I'm gone and in the grave. He said, you'll carry this anointing that I carry. So my brother's, my brother's 46, he'll be 46 in June. I'm still holding on to that prophecy. He don't do everything right. He don't say everything right. He goes to church, pays his tithes. He's a little colorful with his language. But he's come 180 degrees from when we were growing up. When we was out running the streets, slinging dope together. Come a long way. So I'm still holding on because that was a leap moment in our family. That was a leap opportunity. My question to you all is, when you going to leap? When you going to leap? See, why don't we let God strategically place people in our lives? It's important that we realize that John leapt for joy in his mother's womb. It was God's timing. Luke chapter 1 verse 15 says, For he shall be great in the sight of the Lord and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink, and he shall be filled with the Holy Ghost even from his mother's womb. It was a prophecy about John. He leaped for joy because the presence of the Holy Ghost, it filled him and his mother. This leaping was prophetic. God's people have been waiting for this. The last the last utterance of a prophet came from the mouth of Malachi, and he was the last prophet. I want you to watch this. He was the last prophet and the last utterance of God for 400 years. You step into the book of Luke 400 years later. It's a leap century. Look who shows up in a leap century. Yeshua. The last utterance of a prophet came from the mouth of Malachi. He was the last prophet before 400 years of silence. He was the last voice from the Old Testament to the New Testament. It's time we bring back that excitement and joy back into the house of God again, Sister Rose. See, joy is not a commodity. You can't buy it. We think we can. We're joyful. There'll be hundreds of people leaping for thousands, millions leaping for joy today when the Super Bowl takes place. I'm neither a 49ers fan or a Kansas City fan. My team didn't make it. We can't win it. We think we can. We can't lobby for it with government. Because we've tried that for how many years? How's that working out for us? We can't turn it on and off like a remote. Like we have problems with the projector today. It's why it's not on. We, we needed batteries. We couldn't turn it on and off. See, we think we can turn joy on and off like that. But joy is from the Lord. Joy comes from God. Man can't give it to you. Man can't take it away. God is bringing back our joy of worship. Just as John leapt for joy in his mother's womb at the presence of the king, so shall we jump again it's on a it's our leap year it's a time for us to leap our our to leap over our situation our issues our problems our battles and once again get excited with an air of expectancy mary knew something was getting ready to happen when gabriel told her to go and visit elizabeth there was an air of expectancy 
Whatever your battle is, leap over it. Bad habits, leap over it. Bad decisions, leap over it. Trials and storms, leap over it. It's your leap year. God is correcting what is lacking on our behalf, our dreams, our vision. It's, it's a time to leap again, Sister Rose. Psalms 18 and 29 says, For by thee I have run through a troop, and my God have leaped over a wall. Isaiah 43 and 18 says, Forgetting the former things, do not dwell on the past. See, if we dwell on the past, we'll always be behind that guy in front of us or that situation in front of us, like the game of leapfrog that Cody and... uh, Tony were playing earlier. There's always somebody in front of them. And as long as we dwell on the past, we'll stand there, not figuring out how to get to the next level. But verse 19 says, listen carefully, for I am about to do a new thing. Now will it spring forth? Will you not be aware of it? I will even put a road in the wilderness and rivers in your desert. Oh, let me read that again. Listen carefully. I'm about to do a new thing now. Will it spring forth? Will you not be aware of it? One translation says, will you not be awoke to it? I will even put a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. I don't know about you. That's confirmation. He's trying to get us to leap forward from the battles that we're in. Trying to get us to leap forward from the situations that we've been in. Trying to get us, this church, to leap forward. Well, preacher, we're going through a lot of things. So is everybody else. The problem is, are we going to stand there, Brother Boyce, and wait as other people leap over us? Are we going to keep leaping over the enemy and keep going? Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1 says, Now faith is the assurance, title, deed, confirmation of things hoped for, divinely guaranteed, and the evidence of things not seen. For by this kind of faith, the men of old gained divine approval. It's our leap year. It's our time to leap for joy. Usher in the presence of the king. I'm not staying behind. I'm leaping to the next divine appointment of the king. Ron, if you don't mind to come up to the piano. And Gary, if you don't mind to come to your guitar. I want to show you guys something. It's time we focus on the king again. Because when we focus on him, we can leap for joy.
so it's like having two instruments. So when you get ready to start to play, what do you do to your guitar? Tune it to make sure it's in tune. Tune it to make sure it's in tune. You've got to find a source that's in perfect alignment, yeah. correct? Yeah. So the piano is set to standard. Okay. Come here. Are you in tune? Are you sure? Well, let's try the first string. What string is that? string. Are you in tune? No. But you well, said you were. But see, as long as he's facing this way, he's tuning it of his own accord. I wish you could. But the moment he turn, turns to the source that is in perfect alignment, line upon line, Precept upon precept that's never unfailing. He can get in sync and begin to tune. Oh, doesn't the word say, isn't it wonderful and beautiful when brethren can come together in harmony? Keep tuning. See, we get out of tune because we try to do it our own way and there's an obstacle. We never leap over it. But the more we get in line with the one who has set the standard, I wish you'd hear me. The more we get in line with the one who has set the standard, the more we come in alignment with one another. Just like a Pentecostal church, we get this guitar in tune, we'll have church. See, now, 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 now play something. You in G? He's in G. See, now it flows because we've gotten in tune with the one who's showing me the way. We've gotten in tune with the one that's set to the standard. What standard is that? When we line up with this standard right here, doesn't matter. Oh, I wish you'd hear me. When we line up with what this word says right here, we have no respect or person. We have no hidden agenda, but we get the agenda of heaven. Oh, come on, somebody. I can have church if it's Brother Regis preaching. I can have church if it's Sister Rose. I can have church if it's Kintea. I can have church if it's Boyce. I can have church if it's Sister Wanda. I can have church if we're singing, if we're singing praise, praise his name. I, I, I can have church if we're singing good old gospel ship. See, when we put the prejudice that has caused us to stand backwards aside and allow us to leap over the wall and run through a truth. We get in 
standard with that. That piano is set to standard. It don't go out of tune unless you make it go out of tune. Some of us have made our lives go out of tune with this book right here. And then we wonder why we're sick. We wonder why our families are tore up. We wonder why our churches aren't filled. We wonder why there's a world out there hungry for the gospel. But they've never heard it because we... It's like this. The Bible says that uh, in the house there are vessels of honor and vessels of dishonor. See, if I bring you a plate, Sister Rose, do they have a plate back there with food on it? Can you go grab it? One of you all go grab real quick. Just bring me a plate that's all messy. I want to show you something, and I'm hurrying, I promise. I, I promise. This is some good ground right here. See, uh, when we get that expectation back in our life that I want to line up with what they're doing because it's in line with him, oh, come on, somebody. See, that's what happened. When Mary got the invitation from Gabriel to go visit Elizabeth, she got in line with heaven's assignment. When we get in line with heaven's assignment, I wish you'd hear me. When we get in line with heaven's assignment, we're not, we're not strumming our instruments to our own tune. Oh, come on, somebody. Well, we're not playing, we're not playing the, 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 the chords that God has given us in our lives to our own tune. Oh, this is going to be good right here. This is going to be good right here. So if you came to a restaurant, come here, Virtual. I'll use you. Yeah. All right. I want you to look at this. So you come to a restaurant. Sit down here. He comes to a restaurant and sits down at the table. And the server brings you, and you all see this. See how messy that is? Somebody already been there and eaten, Sister Rose. And you sit down to the table, and the server brings you a plate like that. Are you going to eat off of it? Why? Because it's dirty. Because it's what? Dirty. Then why do we as believers serve one another on dirty utensils? Jesus. Why why do we serve one another on dirty utensils? Uh-huh. Maybe. It's because we think our giftings are so much better Jesus. than somebody else's. Hallelujah. Oh, oh. Help us today. Or maybe we think, well, mm-hmm. Regis's gifting's better than Sister Rose's. Mm-hmm. Or maybe it's better than Khadijah's. Or maybe it's better than Sister Victor. <laughs> but see, we serve one another. On dirty utensils in the name of the word. Maybe, you know, we don't think you. We don't come to church and support like we should. But my gifting, because we you know we love Pentecostals, we love to hang on that verse. 
Your giftings will make room for you. Oh, come on, somebody. Listen, I've, I've heard people that can, that can preach the house down and have the nastiest attitude. Because they're constantly behind that person that they can't leap over. Oh, I wish you'd hear me. But maybe we just show up to the house of God, whether we get used or not, whether we get to preach or not, whether we get to shout or not. Oh, I'm telling you. Maybe we come in and sit down, Brother Gene, and we pay our tithes. Hello? We pay our tithes. We listen to the preaching. Because what does the Bible say? By the washing of the water of the word. You can't get your utensils washed if you ain't never here. You, you, can't, get, you can't get the plate clean. Because you got all your nonsense in the way. Your attitude of not having gratitude. Oh, come on, somebody. But see, it's a leap year. It's a time for us to leap to the next place that God has called us to be. When I was, when I was a kid, one of my favorite programs was uh, uh, Quantum Leap. He just leapt from place to place to place, fixing everything. Loved that program. Scott Bakula. Loved it. But that's what we need to be. We need to be able to leap to the places that God is calling us, but we can't do it because we're trying to serve one another on some nasty plates. Nasty utensils. See, when you go to a restaurant, they make sure everything's clean. They make sure everything is washed. They make sure they don't come down and sit, sit you at the table and just feed you on top of whatever somebody else left. Do we think we're any different? We come to the house of God. And we want to try and serve somebody something. But we've messed with it all day. Messed on it all year long. Said, here you go. My gifting's just as good as everybody else's. But have you been washed by the water of the word? Have you gotten things in your life straightened around? Listen, I know we all make mistakes. But when we think that we've arrived to the place that we don't need one another, we got a problem. We got a problem. When we think that when God places messages, not just because I'm preaching, it doesn't matter who's preaching. It could be, it, it could be Sister Linda over there. But see, we've become vessels of honor and vessels of dishonor. Oh, preacher, that ain't true. It is. It is. But I, I'm, not, I'm not new to this thing. I'm, I'll be 49 years old this month. I'm not new to this thing. I've been around the world preaching. I've been up and down the road preaching. And I know Pentecostals, we're the worst for it. We, have, we don't want to admit it, but we got cliques. We've got, we, we've got certain ones that we'll run to. We've got certain ones that when they come to town, we'll empty our bank account for them. But we see our brother in need. We shut up the bowels of our compassion. How be it the love of God dwelleth in us. I'm not talking about offerings, and I'm not talking about, I'm talking about real compassion. When we see a community that's hurting and we're trying to serve them on yesterday's food, 
Come on, somebody. When God's calling us to leap, thank you. Y'all making me hungry over there. When God's calling us to leap to the next level, God's calling the church to walk into their leap year, walk into their leap moment, walk into their leap century. It's time, Sister Rose, that we stand up and be counted and get our instruments back in tune with this right here. You know, we used to say years ago, if mama don't go, I'm going. If daddy don't go, I'm going. If preacher don't go, I'm going. We've kind of fallen off that train, haven't we? Now, I'm not saying I know people's out being sick. I know it. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the reverence for the word of God that we've lost. Instead of leaping forward, we've leapt backwards. And then we've got a world out there that's they're hungry for something real, brother boys. We ain't got nothing to give them because we're trying to serve them on dirty platters, dir dirty utensils. And God's saying it's time we leap forward. Get our instruments in tune and leap forward. How many is ready to leap to the next level? How many really is ready to leap to the next level? Go. How many is ready to... to you know, we used to sing that old song, yesterday's gone, sweet Jesus. Tomorrow may never be mine. Lord, for my sake, teach me to take one day at a time. You know why? We, we don't take one day at a time anymore because we're, we're worried about an agenda that we're building for ourselves and not for the kingdom. Gabriel come along and said, Mary, you're highly favored. You're going to bring forth a child. His name's going to be Emmanuel. God with us. Hallelujah. And I want you to go visit Elizabeth because she's been barren all these years. But we're going to set up the greatest game of leapfrog you've ever seen. When Mary walks in and hears just the greeting, When's the last time you walked into the church house and just the presence of the Lord, hearing the greeting from the, from the congregation, caused the baby in your belly to leap again? Oh, come on, somebody. We used to have an air of expectancy about us. I, I, I remember reading years ago, Brother Allen had his tent up in uh, Atlanta, Georgia on the fairgrounds, Brother Gene. Hundred. Uh, 280 feet wide by 420 feet long. Took him, took him uh, 15 days to sit it. People, they had services in the afternoon at 2 o'clock, and then they had service at 7 o'clock. They had morning prayer under a tent that was uh, uh, 60 by 120. They had a tent set up beside the prayer tent for the, for the invalid. That was, 80 by, that was 80 by 140. And they were all filled. People would get there after the afternoon service. People would hang around. And the ones coming for the night service would get there at 2 or 3, like three or 4 o'clock in the afternoon and sit there. And people would ask them, why are you here so early? We want to get here because we know God's going to do something. When's the last time Sister Rose... I got to get to church because God's going to do something. 
That was an era that those men of old, they leaped over every obstacle. Do you know, it wasn't, it wasn't the, the world that came against Brother Allen's tent when he'd have those crusades and the white people and the black people would come together and they would mingle and, and they, they would come in and try and shut him down. Sister Rose was the age of segregation and try to shut him down. And he would look at him and say, God started this. You take it up with him. They learned how to leap generationally over some things. And revival broke out. And it changed a nation. It changed a world. Because out, out of those meetings came men like R.W. Schambach. Out of those meetings came people like Oral Roberts. Out of those meetings came T.L. Osborne, Amy Simple McPherson, Catherine Kuhlman. H. Richard Hall, William Branham, Jack Coe, W.V. Grant Sr., I mean the real Grant. T.L. Osborne, pack out nations. They birthed something. And I believe we're the generation that's going to feel it leap again in our bellies. At the mention, why is it when you begin to talk about revivals that happen, you begin to feel an awe presence come over top of you? I do. I don't know about you. I can begin to talk about meetings I was in with Brother Hall or meetings that I was in with C.S. Up to Grove or meetings I was in with Randy West or meetings that I was in with Brother Stevens, meetings that I was in with uh, uh, Joe Barrett, different ones, and I can feel that same familiar spirit come over and, and brush up against me. Why? Because the Bible says we're encompassed round about with such great cloud of witness. Why? It's the same great cloud of witness that came and told Mary, you're highly favored. Go see your cousin Elizabeth. I wonder who God's calling us to go and see again that it caused something to leap in somebody's belly, causing something to come alive again. Instead of trying to serve everybody on dirty plates and dirty utensils, why don't we say, Lord, wash us with your word again. Wash us in your presence. Stand to your feet. In fact, stand to your feet and let's come around the front with our hands lifted up and say, God, wash us with your word again. Wash us with your presence again. Wash us with the aroma of who you are once again. Cause those things to leap in our bellies again. Cause, cause revival to leap inside of us again. Cause joy to spring up on the inside of us again. Begin to leap in us. Cause an awakening to happen again. Let us become awoke to the presence of who you are. Not a woke generation that doesn't know anything. It's afraid and triggered of everything. No, let us become a woke generation to the presence of who he is because we don't want to be served on dirty plates anymore. We don't want to be served on leftovers anymore. I want to walk into the presence of the king because at his table is a table spread of splendor. At his table is a presence that he said he came to Mephibosheth. David came to, to Mephibosheth and said, listen, he said, I know you're crippled. I know you're weak, but I'm going to hide you under my table. Nobody's ever going to see your weakness again. You're eating from the king's table. I come to tell somebody today, it's time to sit at the master's table one more time and realize he's caused things to leap in our lives again. He's caused things to, to, to swell up and leap for joy. It's time for us to walk into our leap year. 
We've been in a leap century for over 400 years. The next one will be 400 years before we see another leap century. I pray the Lord comes before then, Sister Wanda. I don't know I can hang around 400 years with what's going on. I say that tongue in cheek, but the reality of it is, it's time. It's time. We put our prejudice aside. It's time we put our respect of person aside. It's time we put our, our issues to rest. It's time we put the obstacles and lay them by the wayside. It's time we realize we need to be in tune with a standard bearer again. We need to be in tune because he's causing us to leap over a troop and run over a wall. I dare you lift your hands and just begin to worship him. Splendor of the King, clothed in majesty, let all the earth rejoice, all the earth rejoice. He wraps himself in light, and darkness tries to hide, and trembles at his voice trembles at his voice and how great is our God sing with me how great is our God and oh we'll see how great how great is our God how great is our God sing with me how great is our God and oh we'll see how great how great is our God cause age to age he stands and time is in his hands beginning and the end beginning and the end the Godhead three in one the Father the Spirit Son the Lion and the Lamb the Lion and the Lamb and how great is our God sing with me how great is our God and oh we'll see how great how great is our God how great is our God how great is your God is he so great that you'll refuse to serve on dirty utensils anymore? Is he so great that you'll, when you begin to walk into the room, your prayer life will cause somebody's belly to leap again? Is he so great?
that that Sister Rose, it won't it won't matter. It won't matter if if Amira's up here. Just reading the twenty third Psalms, we'll learn how to worship, and we'll learn how to magnify. We'll learn how to embrace and lift one another up as we're called to do. I just want everybody to remember today. Let him leap again in your life. Let him leap you to the next level. Let him take you where he... Let him put those people in your life that should have been there all along. But because they're not my cup of tea, we think he can't do that with them. Listen. Billy Graham didn't get to be Billy Graham overnight. Listen, I wonder who's sitting in our midst be another Reinhardt Bonnke if we would just get the prejudice out of the way. Preacher, you're, you're talking about that. Listen, this is, this is the month of love that everybody wants to talk about. Why don't we start loving one another like we ought to? Why don't we love one another? Because love will cause things to leap again. Love will cause things to, to come alive again. Love will cause barrenness to dissipate. Come on, brother boys. Listen, don't forget to pray for everybody. What is this? Absolutely. Come on. I want to say, you know, that we, we are the body of Christ. And I know that we all know that. But just hearing the word of God today. Um, the Lord compelled upon my heart to share this as I was just standing there praying is that we have some new people that are have joined this body come coming here showing up you know regularly each Sunday and um, I think it's important for us to really reach out to them during the week and I think it's important for us to check on each other and make sure that we're all doing all right, and I know that we all have busy lives, but God is holding us accountable because, you know, God tells us to let the strong, you know, bear those infirmities of the weak. And we know, saying that they're weak, but they're new in Christ, or maybe we've just been here and we really need to, I feel like, to show more love to each other um, and check on each other. And I know he talked about, you know, having cliques. But for us to come outside of the cliques and come outside of ourselves yes. and really check on our brothers and our sisters, you know, because we, we need each other. And, um, you know, and I, I can really just count how many times on one hand I've been affiliated with this body for 22 years of how many phone calls I've gotten or how many words of encouragement that I've gotten and it's been very far few in between and you know and um I really try to be that light but what I'm saying is that we need to do better and we can do better and God is calling us to do better you know myself included that we do really need to step outside of ourselves and step outside and touch and reach the people that God needs us to touch and reach even inside of our body. So how can we make a difference in our community if we're not making a difference in here? 
and with the people in here that we worship and fellowship with each and every day. It's not for us to just see them on Sunday. They may need us on Monday. They may need us on Wednesday or Friday. You know, and so when you're new to this thing in God and you're trying to build that relationship with God, you know, we have a responsibility, even us as ministers, I say myself included first, to reach out to those that are coming to this church and are connecting with this church each Sunday to make sure that they're doing okay during the week. So, you know, God is challenging us even with this word because, you know, how can that's how we get that great expectation in, in God is when we're doing what we need to do and our iron is sharpening other, others' iron, you know, that really needs that. So, you know, I just thank God for the word and God was just saying that, you know, we need to encourage each other uh, when we have that, make that opportunity to encourage each other and not just see us on Sunday and pass on Sunday and then let that be it, but to check on our brothers and sisters because 